All right, welcome to the Two Sons podcast. It is uh, Wednesday morning. We both did you, you did you stay up late and watch it last no, night? No, I actually woke up this morning and watched it right before this episode. I did too, and we got back to the Star Wars weirdness with the TV series, is where every episode is like somehow only like thirty minutes. I know. But That's there's the no feeling. I, I woke up early just so we could have time to do this, of course. And I was like, all right, gave myself an hour. And then I look at the episode and it was 30 minutes. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a bummer, but. No, it, it, was, it was definitely, but, but it was all, like to your point, it wasn't filler. Like it None. Was, they got to it immediately. Again, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. This was probably my favorite episode so far, actually. This was really cool. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to start with this. So I, I didn't finish it, but I started watching A New Hope the other day over breakfast. We nice. talked about that a little bit on the last show. Yeah. And there was this, there's a lot of, I, I, I noticed a lot of parallels between this particular episode and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And it's the it, there's the general yeah. idea of infiltrating a um, uh, an a, a, a empire facility, which apparently is a lot easier because I was just about to say that. Get yourself like a little uh, an officer pen. You can go anywhere. Yeah, you, want. you can go anywhere. Yeah, like it, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like it's like why is this why is this random shuttle coming to the I know. archives at Scarif. I know. Why is this random shuttle coming to Fortress Inquisitorius? Like what in the world is going on? Her name's uh her name's Tala, I believe, and she's the Tala, officer yeah, that like that, that yeah. uh is is part of the rebels. And it's funny cuz she gets questioned and she's like do you want me to tell Vader on you? <laughs> it's like, oh crap! Well, you oh, can no. do whatever you want. Yeah, now. <laughs> this chick knows Vader. I'm gonna let her go through. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Yeah, yeah. like th- there's definitely some major weaknesses in in yeah. uh, in military facilities for the Empire. We had an infiltration in Mandalorian with mm-hmm. them breaking into oh, yeah. that, that mining base. We yeah, like uh, th- it, like, and then there's another Imperial shuttle that slips by and it. Uh, an empire blockade in return of the jedi like it's just like one time after another it's just like if you wear an officer's uniform you're getting in wherever you want to go (laughs) you can even be a short stormtrooper and walk around empire facilities exactly exactly no what cracked me up too is like apparently everyone's clueless too because (laughs) spoiler alert uh obi-wan's like literally holding leia in his coat oh my gosh she's like sneaking (laughs) it's so cute she's so cute um but anyways it's so funny because like that other part where tala is uh is identified by another officer of of sorts you know and then they they walk off and he like and she like snaps his neck and then everyone's still at the computers doing their things you know and they they don't even know yeah and like the dead body is 20 feet behind them (laughs) i when they first showed that scene i'm like oh she took him like to a room somewhere i I don't know she like just messed him and then she walks out and you see the two little heads still at their little computer thing. <laughs> it's so it's funny. like, oh my gosh. So uh, my first parallel uh, that I saw, well, the little, little tiny one, uh-huh. Obi-Wan doing the little noise trick. Yeah. So Obi-Wan does the noise trick to trick some stormtroopers to look the other way yeah. while he navigates past a little pathway to get to the, um, the tractor beam mm-hmm. uh, facility. Uh, so that was a little call out. And then the second big one, and, and this is... This is one of the larger justifications that Star Wars has used, and it makes perfect sense. And Leia, for the record, this is like a little a little thing you might pick up on. So we know from the end of the episode that Leia, uh, from her droid, is being tracked right. by Reva. Yeah. Which explains why when the Millennium Falcon escapes the, uh, the Death Star and they destroy the four TIE Fighters... They're all sitting in the cockpit, and and Leia goes, they let us go. 
Oh, I see. And all we can hope is that the plans huh. in this droid are capable of destroying the Death Star. So, like, clearly, I thought that was such an interesting little call out where it's like, like Leia has been burned by this very same thing before. We don't know yeah. how, obviously, yet because it's going to happen in Episode Five. Right. But like, this is the first time that Leia got fooled by the "they let me escape with a tracker" type of concept. Yeah. Wait, could you imagine though, little Leia? She's like, "Lola, you're so beautiful, but your eye is red now. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> That's such an interesting thing." So, okay, other other. Oh, gosh, remember when C three PO starts to translate like the ancient Sith language, oh, and, and then his, his eyes, eyes go turn red. red? It's like it's just like a thing. It's like if you if you are a droid and you start yeah. start thinking nefariously, we're gonna change the color right. of your eyes. And the droid maker was like, "Hmm, what if they become evil? Let's throw in some red LEDs <laughs> just just in case." No, that's nitpicky. Obviously, like you know, Jason and I again. I think I I loved this this episode. Oh, it was, it was great. Cool. It was great. Yeah. It's just I, like I, I look. This is when my wife and I sit down and watch shows every night, and I do this with you as well. Like I just have fun, like picking apart stuff oh, of like course. that. It's just something I have fun. Yeah, like it, right. But but no, don't get me wrong. Like I still love every minute yeah. of it. Well, yeah. and at the end of the day, what we asked for is for the major plot of Star Wars not to be ruined, right? And this episode didn't do that it was awesome i absolutely loved it um uh there's there's a couple things that i thought were really really cool is did you notice how much obi-wan started gaining steam as soon as he he did like little snap uh, yes snap yeah i so it was definitely interesting but at the same time like it, it, it he's in the ship and mm-hmm. he's struggling to move a tiny object right. towards him yeah and then suddenly, like he like is able to engage in a massive firefight, deflecting blasters like he's on Geonosis. He was again. bending like, water. He was a water. Bender. Yeah, he was. He was a yeah. water bender. Yeah. No, but to me, to me, I could see why people would be upset about that and be like, you know, he was so weak, and then all of a sudden he's so powerful. But to me, it makes sense. Like honestly, I feel like you know, using the force. Not that I've ever done it, of course. Um, using the force is probably a lot like riding a bike. So he probably felt like he was very much so on the bike. But if you did notice, too, there's a lot of symbolism in one of the scenes, too, where Obi-Wan is is walking and you see his back. And it was really interesting as a Star Wars fan to see Obi-Wan with a lightsaber on the left side and then a blaster on the right oh, side. Oh, yeah. Right? That was, like, super interesting. And I thought it, would, it was just a little uh, – it was a slight little subtle touch that, that – the uh, the producers and the uh, director did to just show that Obi-Wan's still so not in tune. Oh yeah. Well, so that's a special shout out to Mr. Kyle Katarn, who was a a legends character that, uh, basically became involved in their version of the sequel events, um, which obviously no longer exists, but he basically was like a soldier who became a Jedi. Mm. And as a result, like he carried a blaster on one side and his lightsaber That's on the cool. other, which was always really, really cool. Yeah. But to me, it's, it's, it's that. And it's an indicator of like, like, so, uh, Obi-Wan uses a blaster to kill Grievous and right. he tosses it to the side and says, so uncivilized. So uncivilized. Yeah. And like, if, I, th- I felt like that was partially directed towards Grievous, but he also was kind of looking at the blaster while he said it. So you can tell he's just irritated by the whole thing, you know? Totally. And so, like, it's an example of, like, he had to adapt Mm -hmm. with the way things are changed. Like, I can't... If I fight and kill people with a blaster, no one's going to know that I'm a Jedi. So that has to be the way that I can survive. You know what I mean? That's a good point, yeah. Uh, Which I I thought was really interesting. The But in general, I, I did think that that whole concept of, like, the infiltration of the base... Mm-hmm. You know, she's struggling. So Leia, 
so Reva attempts to extract information from Leia and yeah. she fights her off, right? Uh-huh. Which is not necessarily a sign of force sensitivity because there the, it's very clear from Star Wars lore that if you are a strong-minded person, you can resist mind manipulation. Right. But it's an, it's evidence of of Leia just being a a tough SOB, just like literally yeah. just in, incredibly uh, resilient in the effort, you know. And yeah. and, it, and it just I thought I actually thought in general throughout this whole show so far that it's been a really cool character development piece for Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think so too. Yeah, it's it's tough. Tough, yeah, and then it's kind of fun because she's like so young but yet so tough, and and you know I think that's what we'd expect out of Leia. I mean, we see Leia as an adult, and then that's what we've always known Leia as is like a, an adult, and she's always been just tough and 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 with it, you know. So it's it's been really neat to see that development for sure. When she was, she's uh, also a great actress. That oh, she's I don't know her name as far as kids kids yeah, go. She's yeah, super great actress. Yeah. So when she was doing the the not the interrogation in the torture room, but in the little like boardroom conference room looking thing, uh-huh. I was like, here it comes, here comes the origin story. I was waiting for it. I thought it was going to come any second, and she dropped some hints. Like when I was a what child, I had nothing. I thought Reva was going to tell oh, the story. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. this is it. Reva's going to tell the kid, like when I was your age, they the Jedi abandoned me too. Like yeah. I was waiting for it and then it didn't come. So like yeah. I was waiting to take our victory lap on, on Reva being, but I think it's going to end up having to come later Yeah, uh, uh, just in general. But like that... That, in general, though, that whole sequence of like the infiltration of the base and then them letting uh, uh, them leave as a means of tracking down the way mm-hmm. ended up being super interesting, right? Um, and, a, and a very interesting call out to a new hope. What mm-hmm. did you What did you think of the Jedi tomb concept? Oh, I have, you know, I'm kind of confused from, from like an Empire standpoint. What would be the upside to having a Jedi tomb? So you know I have a I mean? theory. I want I want you to give me your best guess, though. Okay. If you had to try. So, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is in Mando when they're trying to use Grogu's like blood, essentially. Okay, interesting. And probably Metachlorian count, I don't know, to, to maybe be able to evoke some, some force-wielding and maybe non-force <clears throat> users. I have no clue. I'm going to try to hint to you in a direction and see if you can pick it up. Oh, geez. Our Do Star Wars re- viewers are going to be like, oh, Luke's really not with it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a certain facility that was on a planet um a remote planet all right so right now where there's a, a planet certain, in star wars <laughs> where a certain recently deceased sith lord used to conduct experiments so do you remember in you're talking Plagueis, okay yeah where Plagueis was obsessed with the ability to manipulate midichlorians to create life yeah so there's this there's this oh there you go. So you're waiting. thinking like this is one of Vader's little side side gigs trying to like know. maybe bring so, Padme back or something? I don't or? know what specifically they're doing, mm-hmm. but all we Okay, so in Plagueis, Darth Plagueis becomes obsessed with immortality. Yeah. Okay. Which we learned from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. When uh when uh uh a Palpatine is talking to Anakin at that weird like bubble opera. <laughs> and, like, yeah. And he's basically talking about how like he had a master that had learned to manipulate the midichlorians to create life. Yeah. So Darth Plagueis was obsessed with immortality and the ability to effectively heal himself. Yeah. And, and so that he could live forever. And uh, he had a facility and on this facility, he basically just kept 
prisoners that were effectively dead, but like were kept as, uh, I don't, I don't think they were actually dead. I think they were on the verge of death. And then he would basically attempt, he would bring them to the verge of death and then attempt to save them. And most of them would die, but eventually it worked and he figured out how to, uh, to do that. And then essentially the book implies that when that happens, the force reacts Mm. To bal- because the Sith had become so powerful in that moment, the Force reacted by conceiving Anakin uh, at the same time to balance things out. I see. Which was like, the, it, that was like a huge subplot in Plagueis. So when, when I saw the Jedi tomb, and I, again, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But my, the first place my brain went was like, they are harvesting Force user corpses slash recently deceased slash nearly deceased and conducting experiments with yeah. them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that because that's that's essentially why, that's essentially why Palpatine was able to get Anakin to join the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was like, "Hey, you know, you've got these visions of Padme dying. You know, I can help you." So, so uh, it totally makes sense that you know, um, maybe Vader is, feels a little bit gypped and, and is still trying to to do that. You know, still trying to make that that happen. Where, where he can evoke, you know, force users in order to, like, make life or somehow save lives that maybe already died. For sure. They, they talk a lot in all of the Sith books that kind of dive into the Sith about these different areas of, of the force uh, study. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's, like, you think of the dark side of the force, but it manifests in different ways. Like, for instance, Sith sorcery. Yeah. Which is, like, what you see from the... The, um, the Night Sisters. The Night Sisters. Yeah. Or uh, you see, like, uh, Sith alchemy. Mm-hmm. which uh, is what Plagueis was doing, um, which was essentially all the stuff having to do with manipulating uh, corpses and life and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a big one of that with the with the, the Sith Lord that's on that planet with all the weird, like, uh, half-creature, half-robots in the Bane. Oh, yeah. in the uh-huh. Bane. I can't remember her name, but uh, there's that. That was a Sith alchemy. Darth mm-hmm. Bane's apprentice was big into Sith sorcery. It's all these, like, yeah. basically, like, these different iterations of ability to command the force right so but there's an expectation within the sith that you are supposed to grow that knowledge over the years as because so like for instance the sith win they take control of the galaxy they have an obligation to continue to get stronger so it makes sense that they would do things like harvest force users right and and do things like that i also thought like um okay so the the really quick too i think that um so in episode nine um I think you know, you know you see like the the like the little snokes inside of the yes. the that's the, a great like, example like back to tanks like somehow and I'm sure someone's already you know developed a great parallel between the two um, but I, I wonder if it's you know loosely related to something like that as well absolutely yeah. no I I would I would I would assume that that it absolutely is but just in so so moving to the uh, um, moving to the how I think they get to that position. So Fortress Inquisitorius is the, is the highlight of this, this particular episode. I knew you'd like it a lot. Yeah. So Fortress Inquisitorius, which we learned is in the Mustafar system, which was very, which I thought was very interesting. Fitting. It appears to be on a water moon, which is also a really cool idea. Yes. Which is surrounding this lava, this lava planet. Um, uh, it also it, it appears that it is designed deliberately in the ocean to effectively be like a prison that is incredibly difficult yeah. to, which makes sense because like if you were going to harvest and keep all of the force users in the galaxy in one place, it would have to be a remarkably secure facility. Yeah. So a couple things with Fortress Inquisitorius. 
the chair that they bring Leia to. Mm-hmm. That chair makes it a previous appearance in in uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where the Inquisitors basically, if you were a Force user and you get captured, they take you there to interrogate you, but most importantly to torture you and to try to turn you into an Inquisitor. Into an Inquisitor, yeah. So my theory on it is like they bring all the Force users there, they attempt to turn them. If they can turn them, great. And it's probably a very small percentage because mm-hmm. the Jedi are so strong-willed. Yeah. And then the ones that don't die or fail or come near to death mm. and are frozen in whatever that... It doesn't look like carbonite, but the it seems... Whatever that tomb is. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple other things like... That was so unexpected too because... That um, was not what I expected. I expected... I, I, tomb would have been so far down on so my list. So far down. And and what what's kind of cool about it that I thought uh, Disney did a really good job on is um, for people who are Star Wars nerds like Jason and I, you know, as soon as we see the tomb, we're like, okay, like big picture, what what's going on here? But then for anybody who's just kind of casually watching Kenobi, I think they'd just be like, oh, a tomb, that's interesting. Yeah. And then just kind of move on. And so keep it moving. Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool because like it, it doesn't dominate the episode for people who aren't super, super into Star Wars. And I just thought it was a good, good move on, on Disney's part. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, and so, but in the game, you infiltrate the, the fortress the same way by diving into the water and swimming yeah. in through an exhaust vent. There's a, a scene in the, uh, so we, we have the water falling down on the stormtroopers. In the game, one of the Jedi throws their lightsaber into the, the window and drops water on Vader. <laughs> and Vader has to literally fight off the water the to survive. The architect is talked to after this. Dude, yeah, we have like, two instances <laughs> where water is getting into our facility. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, well, like, what kind of glass did you use? He's like, glass. I used glass. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I just meant, wait, and it wasn't laser proof? No, so the other thing I thought about was like, the other thing I, I thought about is like, you just imagine like the, the, the empire, like they hire, they hire an architect and the yeah. architect comes in and the imperial officers are all sitting down. The architect's like, all right, here's the deal. So imagine it's like an aquarium. Okay. You're walking from the barracks to the training facility, but you're seeing sharks swimming around you. <laughs> and, 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 and then literally yeah. all, all the Imperial officers are like, that'd be dope, dude. Yeah, when I go for my morning sick. workout, I like literally see all these sharks and stuff. It's like, that's a great so idea. Sick. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that glass broke pretty quickly yeah, for where it's at. It's like at the base bowl. of an ocean. Yeah. Oh, dude. It, I it, know. Was, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but just in general, I, I thought the whole the whole Fortress Inquisitorious vibe was cool. There, oh, it was there really was cool. a. I was hoping we would see them. I was hoping we. Uh, so the the Inquisitor soldiers. So mm-hmm. remember, like the we talked about this in our last show, but the Inquisit uh, the Inquisitor uh, like branch of the military is uh-huh. eff- effectively like special forces. Yeah, and they're led by the Inquisitors themselves, but they also had these like basically like dark trooper type of vibe. They were yeah. they were the dark armor, kind of like the guys that were traveling around with Director Krennic and Rogue One type of vibe. Uh-huh. But they had a mix of they have a mix of different kinds. They have guys that hold the guns, which you saw one of those in this episode. Yeah. But they also, and I wonder if we're going to see them at some point. They also have like guys that hold like electro stabs, very oh, si- very yeah. similar uh-huh. to what the droids held in Revenge of the Sith that mm-hmm. could d- deflect lightsabers. And I was expecting to see one of those, but we ended up seeing the guys with the gun. But that was cool. It was cool to see kind of a bunch of the elements of. Uh, of the Inquisitor branch kind of come to the surface. Yeah. And most importantly, the, the the Star Wars people doing a great job of connecting all the new canon material to each other. So like yeah. that... That'd be super hard to do. We've talked about that. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and what makes a guy like you, who's a very busy man, take the time to potentially play 
Jedi survivor right. or Jedi Fallen Order is like if they can come to you and be like, hey, this is canon. And not right. only is it canon, but we'll yeah. probably tie it into other stuff around the universe. Like right. that, that all of a sudden a video game that I played two years ago carries major weight yeah. in, in the scope of the Star Wars universe. No, that is really cool to see. That is really cool. And, and, and it makes me need to play the video games. Exactly. Fortunately and unfortunately. So like, <laughs> I'm not a huge gamer at all. Like I spend my time, you know, doing woodworking and trying to hang out with my wife who happens to be a nurse and works nights. So like our schedules are literally opposite. So whenever we can, we, we hang out and, and, um, unfortunately I'm going to have to be a little bit of a gamer, I think, to, to get some cannon <laughs> under think my belt. When, when Jedi survivor comes out, I think I need to just come over on the nights Elena's working and we just need to play it. Yeah. Like it just needs to happen. Carly, I'm going over to Luke's. I'm playing we're, video we're games. playing video games. <laughs> it's for the podcast, okay? Yes. <laughs> it's super important. It's vitally, vitally important. <laughs> and afterwards, we're watching Clone Wars, which is an adult cartoon, okay? <laughs> we're not little kids. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the last like major event um, was the... Uh, well, there's two, two. So we have the 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 clash at the end when the speeders fly into the hangar and start yeah. and start messing stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what the hell they were gonna do there, which actually made uh, made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, couple of cool notes about the T-47s. They actually were designed to be used like that. They were air speeders. But there's a quote in uh, in Empire Strikes Back where Han Solo is talking to one of the generals for the rebellion uh-huh. and the jet, uh, the general goes like, are the speeders ready? And then Han goes, goes, they're not yet. We're they're They're, they're almost ready, but we're still not ready yeah. to acclimate them to the cold yet. So like they were, oh, converting, yeah. they were converting those speeders to be able to operate in the cold, which makes a lot more sense when you see that they're like the guys who were flying the ships were wearing like basically like snow suits. Oh yeah, huh. to, in the well, cockpit. it felt like old Star Wars for sure, which oh, was cool. Yeah. What what I thought was great, and this is actually a compliment to the new movies, which I know we've been critical of, episodes um, seven, eight, and nine, is um, the rebels. They they do a good job of highlighting like the rebel soldiers as being like actual human beings with relationships. Yeah, Not, and and in, in some of like the originals, it's like oh, like when a stormtrooper dies, they die. Like when a rebel soldier dies they die but like it was really cool i thought when i think the pilot's name is wade who gets shot yeah. down um and uh, wade's friend i don't know who she was um, is crushed is crushed mm-hmm. and and that's like kind of how almost how the the episode ended other than vader doing a just power walk down a hallway and dude that was epic so i did not mean to go down that route like i just got really excited about the the (laughs) no but let's hit that yeah he goes straight that was the first time where i felt like vader's suit had anakin skywalker in it yeah just like just like super pissed off emotional because vader's very calculated and measured and right. cold for the most part. Yeah. No, no, for no. example, but when Obi-Wan slipped through his fingers and he yeah. lost his yeah. mind. Yeah, I know you're totally right. So that was like super, super, super cool to see. And then it was also cool to see, you know, the third sister being pretty cunning and being like, Hey Vader, like I'm still your top gal. You know, I, I want to be, I want to be your right hand person. And, and it was really neat for Vader just to drop her and be like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Perhaps I I've underestimated yeah. your third sister. That was super cool. Uh, a special call out there. Uh, this is something that go that people forget about in uh, uh, in the original trilogy. But basically, if you're an officer uh-huh. and you fail at all, you die. 
and Vader has the immaculate ability to force choke you from a di- like a different part of the of the system because in Empire Strikes Back mm. when they make mistakes uh, pursuing through the asteroid field like he just starts choking out every officer that fails him and at one point like it's happened so many times that like it just cuts to a scene like they're with Han and Leia and Chewie and all them and then it cuts to a scene where there's just an officer like I know <laughs> And then he, he's mastered then, the force then, joke. No, if you remember, he was doing that as a Jedi. Yeah, and remember, Vader yeah. just like ends and he's like, "Apology accepted." Yeah, Captain Nita. <laughs> so, just power. Yeah, just just, just epic. power. That, no, that that was all really good. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I like the point you made about. Uh, I, I think Disney. This is one of the things Disney has done a very good job of, because you think of, gosh, now we were just talking about this before the show. How we blank on names, but the the girl from. The sequel trilogy, uh, who ends up uh, falling in love with Finn. Yeah, um, uh, her sister ends up dying, and there's a, a huge pain there. Yeah, in Rogue One, there's a scene where uh, they're fighting on uh, on Scarif, and like it's an epic firefight. But like one of the rebels' friends, who's right next to him, gets shot, and he just stops fighting. And like ducks to like hug his friend as he's dying. Like, yeah, they do such a good job of establishing that. Like, you know, and this. Th- this is something that gets glossed over with this kind of stuff all the time. Like every time that there's been a revolution in human history, it took immense sacrifice right? to overthrow a, a tyr- tyrannical government. It right. takes immense human sacrifice. And that always yeah. ends up, and that always is so interesting to me. Uh, and I, that's why I'm so excited with Andor. Mm-hmm. Just the idea oh. of like a human being. That's probably going to be a huge emphasis, huh? Oh yeah. yeah. Cause like empire takes control. You have two options and I don't think there's anything wrong with either option. But like you can either adapt and survive under the new leadership, right? Or you can make your life about change. Yeah, you know what and I mean. Throwing, and, yeah. and everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And all of the activists out there in the world, I have the utmost respect for those people who devote their lives to trying to achieve change in society. Because it is so easy to just be like, like I'm just going to survive. Yeah. Like me and my family, I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. And I'm not going to, you know, so I, I I do think that the Star Wars does such a cool job of just capturing like the, the, the whole sacrifice and intensity of revolution. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's been something that they've done a good job, uh, very much so even just recently. So mm-hmm. yeah, kudos, no, kudos to Star Wars for that. Did um, you have any other notes? Did, did this feel like Star Wars to you? I think I know the answer, but that was one of my big questions for you. Yes, it, it it did. There were um, I thought the speeder fight scene at the end was a little clunky. Okay, but then again, like so, yeah, speeders, felt like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's kind of the vibe. And also, speeders are like the those air speeders are very like they can be like start stop start stop. They can hover. They can do all this. It's oh just, yeah. It's just it, the whole like idea of them kind of like navigating a a dog fight within a hangar bay was a little intense. But a little a little close quarters. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about that too. And yeah. then also like I was expecting Obi Wan to pull out his lightsaber to because of uh, assuming it, even in that firefight some stormtroopers yeah. would attempt to fire at them as they're. But yeah. I'm being super nitpicky. Overall, I thought the episode felt very much like Star Wars. And uh, the whole the whole vibe of the whole show, really, the whole vibe has been good. There was one scene that I really, really enjoyed, and it was um, 
when those two stormtroopers are flanking Leia as she's in that that chair, and then the lights go out, and you just that know was, you're just like, okay, these dudes are about to get wrecked, and of course they do, and also you just see a blue saber scene. just show up out of nowhere. That was super cool. But you you, you, you kind of touched base on something that Disney does, where it's just like, no, we can't have dismemberment by a lightsaber, but we can have someone get chopped in half by an energy gate. The same thing, like Obi Wan slaying these stormtroopers, and he's then doing some, like, like lancing blows. Yeah, and then some sparks like shoot off their back and then they fall to the ground yeah. which is kind of funny but yeah like that, he's digging the tip of the lightsaber like two inches into their into yeah. their body but like like he could just easily just bisect them dead, like yeah. and if you were obi-wan in that scenario in real life you would absolutely like just just you decapitate the stormtrooper yeah. but I, I loved that scene i thought it was cool and then and then overall yeah i think it did feel like star wars to me um they took they took care into doing like really small things like so for example um, in order to move about facilities, we know that those, uh, I, I call them pens, but you have to have access, right? So they always like whip out their pen and like stick it into a port. And it's then a they key can, card yeah, concept. Yeah, it's a key yeah. card, uh, key card uh, concept. Um, so I thought that was cool. Even seeing the, the little mouse droid was really cool. And it's funny because uh, in the original movies too, uh, they make the mouse droids like really um, vocal. So when they're upset, they make like a little weird noise and then they like back up and turn and then go to do like way. a three point turn. Yeah. yeah and that was that that was highlighted in this in this episode, which I thought was really cool. Um, again, just like the huge ceilings, the, the glossy floors of anything. Imperial was really cool. Imperial austerity. It's, it's yeah. definitely a thing. Even yeah. even seeing the stormtroopers. I love I love classic stormtroopers so much. And it's just so cool to see them walking about like facilities and then uh, hearing that that alarm, that slow, that slow that alarm. That's the F. My dogs lost their minds oh, really? when that alarm went off. They're like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, so I thought that was super cool. Um, so overall, it felt like Star Wars to me, which is like one of the big things that I think I ask for as a Absolutely. Star Wars fan when I see new Star Wars content is, does this feel like Star Wars? And um, so, that, so that was really cool. I was really happy with that. Where do you think Where do you think they move from here if you have any type of, of guess? So what was... <sighs> Dude, my original guess was I thought the, they would infiltrate Fortress Inquisitorius. I just thought that would be the epic finale. Oh, I see. Like At after, after Obi Wan goes Rocky Balboa and does his training, and yeah, exactly. So like now I'm in this weird position where I have no idea. Yeah, I mean in theory we can guess that. Uh, what's the name of the planet? The planet that the path is on. Oh, um, I, I'm, I have it in my notes. It's, I've got it in my uh, notes too. I had it in my notes and then I erased it. But yeah. uh, that that planet that they're that they're on, my I guess we can assume that they arrive there. The tracker identifies where they're at, and then the the the, the empire shows up. I'm I'm, right. I'm assuming we can jump to that conclusion. But like other than that, I just I just don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anymore. They, this it's, last episode threw me for a loop as far as my prediction goes. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because um, it's kind of fun to predict, but. I'm having such a good time just watching this unfold that like trying to predict this any further than just like a couple small things like hasn't really interested me all that much. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that you're in the same boat. Like again, Jason and I work really hard not to talk Star Wars when we're just hanging out, yeah. which is actually really tough for us. So, <laughs> so like these questions are legit. Like, um, and, and it's kind of funny cause I, I make fun of Jason all the time and I call it Jason's take. I mean, the dude, <laughs> the dude makes a living by telling people his thoughts about basketball. So like I give him a hard time. And, and I always expect a good Jason's take and to hear that you don't have like any idea as far as what you think next, no next idea. big episode is, is, uh, is really interesting to me and something that I'm experiencing too. I think what's going on is, is I think I really do trust 
Deborah Chow's vision. Oh, absolutely. I, I honestly think I do. Like, yes, She's great. we get nitpicky about certain things. I think the biggest plot issue was the whole entire probe drawer, droid thing being released and how they completely knew where Obi-Wan was going to be going to the mining planet on that transport. Like, yeah, other than that, though, there really hasn't been anything like glaring, Mm-mm. in my opinion, that's like really taken me out of the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't really had a huge interest in just trying to predict everything. I mean, this is just unfolding. It's been really cool. There's been no filler episodes at all. Um, which I've absolutely loved. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, let's just sit down and enjoy the ride, I guess. Hell yeah, man. Um, so the last note that I had that we didn't get to, uh, just quickly, the back to tank scene at the beginning. Oh, I'm glad you brought that so up. So yeah. are we, cause this has been a, con- a consistent theme throughout the show. It just happened in the back to tank this mm-hmm. time for Obi-Wan. But there, there have been these persistent moments where like Obi-Wan is meditating, it seems. Uh huh. And, Anakin is either meditating at the same time. Oh, I see. Or their their consciousness consciousness is consciousness is conscious nigh. Conscious nigh <laughs> are like briefly like glancing against each other or something, right. but like it doesn't feel like Ray and Kylo look at <laughs> Lola. <laughs> Even when she's lazy, she wants attention. Right. Um I, I I'm I, I'm curious what do you think on a scale from on a scale from they have are having zero contact with each other mm-hmm. to full blown Kylo and and uh, uh, and Ray having yeah. like legitimate like commune with the, com- communing with each other. Where are you at with that? I'm glad thing? you bring that up. I think for the most part, probably not a whole lot of um, true communication happening. But um, actually, this is something that I wanted to bring up last episode too, um, but we just didn't get time to. Um, there's a part in Rebels where. Um, Darth Maul is trying to flush out Obi-Wan by essentially messing with Ezra. So like uh, Darth Maul essentially wills himself almost or messes with Ezra's mind so much that Ezra's starting to see uh, figures of Darth Maul. Yep, I and remember then, that. Yeah, that so was it's, an it's really epic cool. stretch of Rebels. So, it, Rebels oh, is so good. It's amazing. Yeah, so, so, so anyways, and then when Obi-Wan lands on the, um, the mining planet that you and I can't remember the name of, um, <laughs> we see... We see Anakin, what we what we would know as Anakin, like almost before he's. It's actually before he's burned, right? Yeah, because yeah, his face is pretty clear. That was a weird scene. I forgot about. It that. was, but it drew huge parallels between um, the the Darth, Darth Maul. Maul thing. That's a really Ezra, good comp. And then and then uh, you know with what we see saw recently. So I think I think that there is some um, force communication. Let's call it between Obi Wan and and Invader. Um, but I think it's very, very minimal. Um, well, really quickly, the earlier episodes when they would focus on Vader in the back to tank, mm-hmm. he's just staring forward. Yeah. He was fidgeting in this He one. was. He was, there was something, True. he was having like a visceral reaction uh-huh. to something. That was what made me think there's a slight connection there. But yeah. uh, but who, but it's really interesting. It's really hard to say. I think, really I think that there say. could be a connection there. Yeah. And, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, one other thing, in A New Hope, um, and this was something that I thought was really, really well captured in um, in this show as well, He Darth Vader actually does identify that Obi-Wan is on the Death Star before seeing him. He, and if you remember, he reports to Grand Moff Tarkin and he goes, uh, and it skips ahead after what Vader has said, and Grand Moff Tarkin is like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is here on the station? And he's like, 
he's like, yes, I have felt it. it, it like he's like certain of it, mm-hmm. and which is which is to me just like a, a, a the biggest indicator of like that incredible bond between the two of them, right? You know, like they just yeah. they have like this incredible like deep force related bond right. that will forever attach the two of them yeah. to each other and and that is that is george lucas's vision right so yep. uh during like the little shout out with all the original movies like it highlights that so beautifully oh, yeah. right and we talked about the different relationships that the obi-wan has with anakin and alvader um yeah so i mean yeah this this has been highlighting that beautifully mm-hmm. yeah yep i agree did you have anything else no man i'm good all right guys that is all we have for today um Episode five, next Wednesday. Episode five, yeah, next yes. Wednesday. Yes, and we are also, Luke and I are going to start reading this uh, Admiral Thrawn trilogy, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a segment at the end of each episode where we hit on, you know, four or five chapters yeah. at a time. Um, I, Luke and I are big believers in the expanded universe, or the books, I should say. They're incredibly good. Mm-hmm. They tie into the plot in a lot of really important ways. I expect Thrawn to make an appearance in the Ahsoka series that comes out next year. Yeah. So just in general, I think it's going to be important for us to, to, to learn a little bit more about him. But we will, for the sake of, of all of you guys who are not in the books, we will save them for the end. And, and we'll, we'll do plot summaries and things like that too yeah. so that if you don't have the time to read them, you can kind of learn about those character uh, development things. But right. uh, we sincerely appreciate all of you guys uh, supporting the show on YouTube and on, uh, and on, on our podcast feeds. Uh, be sure to subscribe to them if you haven't already. And we will see you guys in a week. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys.